Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Truth Hurts program for the very first Friday in the year 2022. My name is Steve Z, and we run this little program called the Truth Hurts so that we can identify the hypocrisy, the lies of the left, and the downright double standard applied between Democrats and Republicans by the mainstream slimeball leftist progressive liberal news outlets, as they call themselves. I have some information for you. I was saying this many, many months ago, about 18 months ago to be exact, on an edition of the Truth Hurts program where I posed a very simple question. Do COVID-19 tests currently administered in the United States and abroad have the ability to differentiate between influenza, you know, the common flu, and COVID? And as they would say on Jeopardy, the answer is, and this is backed up by Christianity Daily's Olivia Cavallero who wrote on December 30th, 2021, just around noon Eastern time, quote, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, recently published an announcement on its website saying the agency will no longer honor the emergency use authorization of the PCR test for COVID testing beginning January 1st, 2022. They are now encouraging the use of other COVID tests because according to the CDC, It is withdrawing its request to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for EUA of the CDC's 2019 novel coronavirus NCOV real-time RT-PCR diagnostic panel known to you and me and the media commonly as the PCR test. The assay was the first introduced in February of 2020 to detect COVID, but now they're saying it does not have the ability to differentiate between the flu and COVID. So, way back when, in the beginning of the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus of 2019, whilst Donald Trump was still the president, I repeatedly asked the question on this very program, why are there no cases of the flu this year? Why are there no flu outbreaks? Come to find out, there probably were massive flu outbreaks and deaths resulting from flu because at that time, follow the science. Remember, Dr. Fucci, the CDC, Dr. Walensky and others were saying the PCR test is the most effective and accurate testing method we have to identify the COVID-19 virus. They now are saying there is no way to distinguish using a PCR test between a flu and the COVID. According to the Gateway Pundit, the faulty PCR tests are the reason why there had been a, quote, disappearance of flu cases in the U.S. in 2020, unquote, and a reason behind the 
inflated COVID cases reported in America. Imagine that. Steve Z was right. And yet I still don't have a national radio program, a syndication, to put this program on the air. Now this report goes on to say, meanwhile, Europe Reloaded, a media organization, argued that the CDC allowed the use of the PCR test because, quote, they needed the fake test to keep the fear going in order to achieve as much vaccination and therefore as much profit as possible, unquote. Wow. That's again exactly what I have said since day one. Follow the money. Don't follow the so-called science. The so-called science gets paid by the money. Follow the money. I would love to see the new Republican Congress in 2022's midterms immediately call for an audit of people like Dr. Fufuchi, Dr. Walensky, the Surgeon General, the Bidens and all the Democrat Congress people who have most likely heavily profited from vaccines, from tests, from masks, from gloves, from hand sanitizer investments that they made early on. I would love to see that. The question is, as it always is, do the Republicans have the balls to open such an investigation? This report, by the way, added that health authorities knew for quite some time about the inability of the PCR test to determine the difference between COVID-19 and the flu, but decided to withhold the implementation until the end of this past year, 2021. It is very inefficient. Now, in other COVID test-related news, the FDA said on Tuesday of this week that the rapid antigen test may also be less efficient in detecting the Omicron variant of the coronavirus and could quite possibly lead to false negative results. NBC Los Angeles, a very liberal biased station, reported that according to preliminary research from the FDA, which was conducted alongside the National Institutes of Health's Rapid Acceleration of Diagnostics program, data suggested the antigen tests, quote, do detect the Omicron variant, but may have reduced sensitivity, unquote, which means very simply the tests might miss COVID infections or misidentify them. The FDA did not prohibit the use of antigen tests, emphasizing instead that the findings in the study were based on laboratory data and not clinical study evaluations. In other words, kick the can down the road and keep using these faulty tests. Huh. The agency says it continues to authorize the use of these tests as directed in the authorized labeling and that antigen tests are generally less sensitive and less likely to pick up very early infections compared to molecular tests. Let me break that down into plain English. The antigen tests so widely being pushed now by the Democrats, by the Biden administration, are actually reporting fewer COVID cases under Joe Biden's administration than are actually out there. You heard me, fewer. Now, both the U.S. and the United Kingdom are seeing massive spikes in COVID cases with more than 440,000 new cases reported in the U.S. on Monday alone. This, according to the BBC. Other countries that reported record numbers of daily infections are France, Italy, Greece, Portugal, and England. These reports suggest the highly contagious Omicron variant is less likely to cause severe illness And the World Health Organization warned that the risk posed by the variant does remain very high. In other words, they have, as I said on this program, been lying to you 
about the testing, lying to you about the number of actual COVID deaths which occurred under Donald Trump's last year in office versus the mysterious disappearance of the flu. All of these things I told you about. And some of you laughed and said, oh, Steve Z, you're a conspiracy theorist. Well, it's no longer a conspiracy or a theory when it has been proven by the very science and the very agencies that science supposedly represents in written form. Neener, neener. This is the Truth Hurts program. So I was researching this a little further on the break, and there's now an article that has been put out by Pointer, P-O-Y-N-T-E-R, and it says fact-checking. CDC test can't differentiate between COVID and the flu? That's wrong. While the CDC is withdrawing its EUA request for the 2019 NCOV RT-PCR test, it is not because the test is faulty. The test is faulty, but that's not the reason they're recalling it. An article written by Victoria Knight writes, Posts circulating on Facebook and Instagram claim the CDC will stop using the COVID-19 test because it cannot differentiate between COVID virus and flu viruses. In a July 25th post, CDC had just announced they will revoke the emergency use authorization of the PCR tests first introduced in February of 2020. It goes on to, quote, from the agency's lab directive, quote, CDC encourages laboratories to consider adoption of a multiplexed method that can facilitate detection and differentiation of SARS-CoV-2 and influenza viruses, unquote. It then continues, translation, they've been adding flu cases to COVID cases when using the test, unquote. Even Mike Huckabee, former Fox News host, former governor of Arkansas, former Republican presidential candidate, he claimed on Facebook that the CDC test cannot tell the difference between corona and flu. His post went further in July of last year. The FDA announced today that CDC PCR test has failed its full review. Emergency use authorization has been revoked. Of course, the posts were flagged by Facebook as fake news, but they never said why. Here's the reportedly real reason for withdrawing the emergency use authorization request. It is standard practice, this article says, for the FDA to issue temporary EUA for tests and other medical products that have not yet undergone the FDA's full approval process but need to be used in an emergency diagnosis, treatment, or prevention of serious diseases. Okay, still have not refuted the fact that it cannot tell the difference between flu and Rona. Here we go, my friends. They put a 3,000-word article out here, and then they say, Our ruling. Social media post claims the CDC was revoking its EUA for COVID because it couldn't differentiate between COVID flu. Uh, and while the CDC is withdrawing it, it's not because the test is faulty. Well, no one said it was faulty. We just said it cannot differentiate between COVID and flu. They then go on to say, rather, it's because the agency is concerned with flu season approaching. Patients with respiratory illness symptoms should be screened separately for both flu and COVID. They shouldn't be tested for COVID alone because flu cases might be missed. So instead of taking the direct highway to tell you, yes, these tests cannot differentiate between flu and COVID, they made it sound as if the whole entire notion was a lie when it is actually the truth. And all they wanted to do was an end around to tell you that people should get two tests, not just one. The PCR test cannot tell the difference between flu and COVID. And guess what, my friends? The tests cannot either determine whether you have original COVID, Delta variant, Africa Omicron variant, 
or any one of some 20 other variants. But Steve Z, I didn't know there were about 20 other variants. Where you get your information? Well, I'm glad you asked. The WHO, as of November 28th of last year, has designated the original variant of concern called Omicron. It was an Africa variant. And as I've always said, nothing good comes out of Africa. The mutation was discovered on Monday of November, the first week in November, by the Network for Genomic Surveillance in South Africa. It discovered a cluster of SARS-CoV-2 viruses that belong to the B.1.1.529 lineage. Nearly 30,000 letters of ribonucleic acid, or RNA, are found in each coronavirus. The virus then uses this genetic material to invade cells, hijacking them and creating new viruses. When an infected cell creates a new coronavirus, it generates small copying errors known as mutations. Mutations can generally be tracked as they move down through the lineage, a branch of the viral family tree, by scientists. The variant is a collection of coronaviruses that have the same inherited set of unique mutations. It's all still corona, my friends. Unless you're going way, way, way down 30,000 lines of code in the DNA sequence, it's hard to tell between the following variants. Delta variant, you remember? The one they were saying was going to kill us all? The most widespread variant in the UK was a sublineage of B.1.617 discovered in India. It was transmitted more easily than the original corona. There was also alpha, which, strangely enough, came after delta. There was beta, there was gamma, there was omicron, there was eta, ETA, discovered in late 2020 in Nigeria. Iota, discovered in New York in 2020, the end of the year. Kappa, sublineage of B.1.617, the variant that got discovered in India. The Lambda variant was discovered in Peru, Mu, M-U, or is it Mu? A recent variant that has been attentively examined, but they haven't pulled that one out of their media quiver yet. The C.1.2 variant was discovered in South Africa, along with the AZ.5, which was found in a number of African countries. The B.1.630 variant was discovered in the Dominican Republic for the first time last year. Now, my friends, all this amounts to is every time the media needs an excuse to divert your attention away from something, something generally that the Democrats are doing wrong, because if it was something the Republicans were doing wrong, they would have that out on the front page headlines. But when the Democrats screw up or have a bad poll number, or they make a gaffe, or they get caught with their hands in the cookie jar, poof, a magic new variant gets pulled out to divert your attention away from reality. You see, my friends, that is the way our world works in the 2020. 2021-2022 era. They are diverting your attention away from reality by focusing your attention on something. What they fail to tell you is that test you're getting by some untrained GI, some weekend warrior from the National Guard who was flipping burgers two weeks ago and got called up and he's now jamming a large Q-tip up your nostrils and putting it in a tube all they're doing is sticking that tube in a jar and adding a reagent, an acting agent, and that says, red, it's a virus. Blue, it's not a virus. In other words, positive or negative for a virus. Those tests do not distinguish between Omicron, Delta, Zeta, Eta, Mu, Phi, Kappa, C1D16, and the common flu. Those very basic rudimentary tests only say, Virus, yes. Virus, no. It's no better than a pregnancy test. 
pregnant, not pregnant. These are the realities of things that they don't want you to know about because it takes their power away for them to let you know that there is no test distinction in those National Guard drive-up testing facilities between coronavirus, the flu, or some other virus that you might have picked up. There's certainly not a microscopic 30,000 line of DNA code test for every snotty Q-tip to determine whether it's this variant, that variant, or the other variant. Sure, they send a small sample of those snotty-nosed Q-tips to the CDC from each major testing site, and they'll pull a random sampling and say, okay, New Orleans sent us 100, and out of that 100, we did the deep dive test, and we found that 30 of them were Delta, and 50 of them were Omicron, and the others we, we really can't tell. So let's say 50% of all the New Orleans virus tests are coming back as Omicron. That's what they're doing. But the people seem to think that they are so special as individuals and that Joe Biden cares so very deeply for each and every one of them that they are expending the capital and resources and manpower and scientific efforts to determine whether you, John Q. Citizen, have specifically and individually been diagnosed with this specific mutation or variant of the coronavirus when 99.999% of all of those tests are simply a red light, green light test. You have a virus or you don't have a virus. Unfortunately, my friends, you might think you're that important, but you're not. You're just another sheeple in the giant flock being misled by your shepherd, gropey Joe Biden and his administration like lambs to the slaughter, my friends. That's the truth, and unfortunately for you, sometimes the truth hurts. We'll be right back. This edition of the Truth Hurts program was brought to you by the Coalition to Stop Fried Chicken Restaurants, dedicated to the end of the fried chicken fast food industry. After all, they're only selling you a big old box of greasy racism. Some greasy shit? You ain't got no better food like some baby back ribs, some fries or something? I want that greasy shit. How you gonna sell a big box of grease? When we cancel fried chicken, the world will be a much more inclusive place. A lot less tasty, but a lot more inclusive. I do want to switch gears this morning and stop talking about COVID for at least a couple of minutes to focus on the snowflakedness of the United States of America. Fox Sports published an article today that says high school apologizes and suspends coach after a 92-4 win. Through three quarters, the score was 80 to nothing. Now, before I go into this article, I just want to tell you something. If you are outmatched, if you are outgunned, if you are that bad that after three quarters, the other team is beating you 80 to zero, I don't care if this is football, baseball, soccer, or basketball, 80 to nothing after three quarters of play should tell the team who is losing it might be better for us to forfeit and go home. We are outmatched. We are outplayed. We are outgunned. We are outmanned, or in this case, outwomaned. A Connecticut high school is apologizing, and its basketball coach has been suspended after the basketball team beat a visiting team by a final score 92-4. to School administrators at Sacred Heart, a Roman Catholic high school located in Hamden, Connecticut, have issued a formal apology to the visitors, Lyman Hall High School. Their opponents were left scoreless through three quarters of the girls' basketball game on Monday night. 
Jason Kirk, a third-year coach of the Sacred Heart Sharks, has also been suspended for one game because the dominant win does not, quote, align with the school's teachings and principles. Sacred Heart Academy values the lessons taught and cultivated through athletic participation, including ethical and responsible behavior, leadership, and strength of character. Respect for one's opponents. Last night's girls basketball game versus Lyman Hall High School does not align with our values or philosophies. Sister Sheila O'Neill, the school's president, said in a statement to Game Time CT, a sports website. She continued, Sacred Heart Academy administration and athletics are deeply remorseful for the manner through which the outcome of the game was achieved. Stop. They won. They beat a weaker opponent. <laughs> this is ridiculous. But let me continue. We are in communication with Lyman Hall High School and the Southern Connecticut Conference and CIAC and are addressing these concerns internally to assure that our athletic programs continue to encourage personal, physical, and intellectual growth. The Sharks, by the way, were up 29-0 to zero in the first quarter. By halftime, Sacred Heart had 56, its opponent zero. Through three quarters, a whopping 80-0. to zero. The lopsided score sparked debate online. Some argued it was unsportsmanlike, and others complimented the winning team's ability to control the game and decisively win. The Sharks, by the way, have a 3-0 record. They previously defeated Stamford 83-48 and Shelton 80-37. Lyman Hall sucks. They haven't won a game this year. They're an 0-5. They've only scored 31 points average in each of its games. Sacred Heart and Lyman Hall will square off again on January 28th at 7 p.m. Perhaps the nun who runs Sacred Heart will put in all freshmen from the chess club just to make it more even. This, my friends, is the most ridiculous thing that I could possibly read to you this morning, but it comes from the bleeding heart liberal entitlement. Everybody's owed something. Everyone is a victim. And if you are strong and if you are powerful and if you have worked very hard to achieve success, somehow you are unsportsmanlike. Somehow you are mean-spirited. Somehow you are evil. Somehow you are not sending the right message to love your neighbor. Do you honestly want the Sacred Heart team to cheat and let the other team catch up? Let me put this into a perspective that many of you will understand. I think that a large insurance company probably has a multi-billion dollar advantage over John Q. Homeowner, who for some reason feels like he's been paying too much for too long. So John Q. Homeowner decides to go ahead and set his own kitchen on fire. After all, his appliances are 30 years old, the roof is falling in, he could really use a new house. He is truly an underdog. Maybe he lost his job, maybe his life sucks, maybe he has problems outside of finances which are leading him down a bad path. He hasn't properly prepared, he hasn't worked hard, he hasn't planned, he hasn't put together a game plan for his life. Now the chips are down so he decides to ignite his own kitchen in an inferno that destroys the entire home. Big insurance company comes in and says, hey, this is clearly arson. Your neighbors have photographs of you setting the drapes on fire or the curtains in your kitchen and pouring gasoline all over the place to make sure it gets nice and hot. But in the Sacred Heart School mentality, the insurance company should just go ahead and 
pay this guy the full value of his house, even though it was arson. Because, well, the big insurance company is rich and powerful. And this poor guy has just had a rough life. <laughs> is this what you're teaching your girls, Sister Sheila? Are you teaching your girls that when someone doesn't prepare for life, when someone doesn't practice, when someone does not put in the effort to get better, they are simply supposed to be rewarded and we will punish you for doing what we've taught you to do all along, to practice, to work hard, to study, to put in the extra time, to put in the extracurricular effort activity, to learn to work together as a team, to achieve a goal, to achieve a result, to accomplish the desired result of winning. You're just supposed to lay down, You're supposed to throw the game. I'm sorry, Sister Sheila, what you're proposing is not very Christian. And in the history of history, especially the history of Christianity, think about the Crusades. Think about the great religious wars that brought your Roman Catholic Church to the power that it has had for millennia, not just centuries, not just decades, not just years. You are teaching your kids that success will be punished by suspending the coach. And you are acting in Barack Hussein Obama's image, cowardice, by bowing down and apologizing for the fact that your team kicks literal ass. You're apologizing to your opponent because your opponent sucks? You're apologizing to your opponent because your students did a better job of executing plays on the basketball court? You might as well tell all the team members of your team to quit. You can't play ball anymore. You're too good. What a ridiculous, insane thing for Sister Sheila to have done in this particular instance. Instead of saying, we're number one, you're telling your team you're number two in the fecal sense of the word. You're telling your team all of their hard work, all of their achievement, all of their accomplishment, all of their practice time, all of their efforts to get better, make them bad people. And then you punish the coach by suspending the coach? Perhaps this coach might find greener pastures at the collegiate level. Colleges seriously want to win. They have money on the line. They have scholarship opportunities on the line. They have professional ball implications of which those pros generally tend to give back to the organizations that got them to where they are now. The message sent by Sacred Heart to its players should be disheartening, not only to the players, but to the entire school. How dare the nun running this outfit cower and cater and pander to a team that obviously sucked. That team, Lion Hall, should have done the decent thing and not embarrassed their own students. Number one, after the first quarter, when you're down 29 to nothing, you should simply forfeit, concede, and go home and try, try again at a later date. Obviously, you were outmatched. Obviously, you lost to a far superior team. You the coach of the Lion Hall team should be the one apologizing to your girls for not preparing them well enough to go on to the field of battle with a far superior force. You should have seen after the second quarter at halftime, girls, I don't think we're going to score a point in this game. The girls of the other team at Sacred Heart are obviously better coached than you are. I, your coach here at Lion Hall, suck. I am not good enough to coach you to even score one basket. But no, their coach said, nope, we're going to keep fighting. We're going to hold our heads high and we're going to lose. 
And then they wah-ha-had and crybabied about it. Even as the Sacred Heart team cleared its entire bench of all of its bench warmers, and the other team finally scored four points. You see, Sister Sheila, the fault does not lie with your coach or your girls. They were doing what they were trained to do. The fault clearly lies with the ineptness of the coach of the opposing team, who obviously did not do a good enough job in coaching his girls. You owe no apology to Lion Hall. You owe an apology to your coach, Sister Sheila. You owe an apology to your team and to your student body, Sister Sheila. But in all of my experience with the Catholic Church and the Catholic school system, having come up through that system in my later school years and having put my children through that school system throughout their lives, I have yet to see a nun express humility, ever admit fault, or ever take the blame for their own inactions. Congratulations to the Sacred Heart Girls team. 92-4. to four. That is an impressive win. That is what we should all strive to do. Hopefully the lesson learned by Lyman Hall is we either have to work harder or get better or get out of the ball game altogether. But I doubt it. They're now victims. <laughs> That's all the time we have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, a slam dunk kind of Friday, and have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Audionautics.